So Ellen and I both come from South Africa, a nation that has experienced incredible hardship and struggle and deals with the ongoing issues of historical trauma and injustice because of colonialism and apartheid. And uh, you'll hear some of that discussion coming through today as we talk about the book of Ruth, which is a book which we are placing in the post-exilic period and thinking a little bit about how the Hebrew people would have dealt with with the the experience of being in exile, of, of being mistreated, and what it means sometimes when when persons who who have been treated in these ways have the opportunities to rebuild a society, regain uh, agency, and and can choose how they want to structure the society. What are the kinds of values that we need to hold when we have power? So that discussion is coming up next. So we're looking at the book of Ruth and the suggestion, Dion, that I was offering as one understanding is that to read Ruth as a book that was read or experienced after exile. So we're reading it in that context. And the context is people who have been oppressed coming back after exile and they have to put their lives back together, the temple back together, their city back together. And sometimes when people have been oppressed, they they tend to, sometimes the leaders tend to say to them that you're not just equal to others, you're better than others. An example of that is after World War, War I, we had the Treaty of Versailles, which really uh, demeaned the people of Germany. Mm. And then a few years later, you get a leader coming up and saying, we're not just equal to others, we are better. In fact, we are the chosen. And that was, of course, Hitler. Mm. And uh, we see that often the case. We see it in, in the country that I live in, in South Africa, where we had the English and Afrikaans um, fighting one another and Afrikaners being demeaned and stood upon. And then not long after that, a policy as apartheid, that really basically said the same thing as white Afrikaners, we are superior to others, we're the chosen. So we see it throughout history, again, after 9-11. What did we see after 9-11? A huge outpouring of nationalism. Um, Everyone was wearing a flag on a lapel and waving flags. Okay, Mm, So mm. when a country has got a blood nose, after the country has had a blood nose, very often they, ret- they turn to a narrow form of nationalism. And that's what we find the Hebrew people doing now in post-exile. So they're forgetting that God is a God of all people, that God wants to bless them to be a blessing for all nations. They're forgetting that. And I was saying it's very difficult to be a prophet in those, situation, in those situations. So the way the prophets spoke was through story. Mm-hmm. Now, in those days... They were following the book of Deuteronomy after exile, which they found in the, in the temple ruins. And in the book of Deuteronomy, it said, stay away from different groups of people, namely Moabites and Ammonites. And uh, a prophet wants to challenge that. So they tell a love story. And the story is in the book of Ruth about Naomi and her husband. They go to Moab and he dies, her son dies, her son, children die. And then she returns to Jerusalem with Ruth. And Ruth does the gleaning work, provides for her. Boaz sees her, fancies her, wants to connect with her, goes through the right protocol. And um, we, we discover that finally Ruth and Boaz get together. Now, that was a very quick summary, Dion. <laughs> you did well to summarize it. The, 
Did you know, Dion, that the, the, the book of Ruth does not end where the book of Ruth ends? I didn't know that. Tell me a bit more about that. The book of Ruth ends in the first chapter of Matthew. Okay. The first chapter of Matthew records the genealogy of Jesus. In other words, the ancestry of Jesus. And when we go through that ancestry, we read these words. And uh, the father of Boaz by Rahab and Boaz. Now, remember Boaz and Ruth. And Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth. And Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. Wow. And we know that King David was the long, long ancestor of Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. So hear this. So Ruth and Boaz get together, and their child is Obed, in the long line of bringing Jesus into the world. Mm. But please notice that Boaz went against the scripture in marrying Ruth. Wow. It's, yeah, because it was Deuteronomy. I mean, Deuteronomy 23. 23 says, stay away. Yeah. Do not marry, basically. Yeah. Stay away. Yeah. So what do we learn? Remember we said that God is not into religion, he's into relationships. So here we have Boaz, a, a, a Hebrew, falling in love with Ruth, a, a Moabite, and they marry. Mm. And they go against scripture. Hear this, Dion. God brings Jesus into the world through people who even... Go against scripture for love's sake. Mm. That above anything else, God is a God of love and wants us to love. And when we love our neighbor without any discrimination, including Moabites, God honors that. So sometimes, Dion, there are scriptures, there are passages of scriptures that are discriminatory, are exclusive. In other words, go against God's world vision, world dream. And, uh, and Boaz was such a person. He said, I know she's a Moabite, but I love her. And ours is a God of love. And God brings Jesus into the world through people who are not religious, who are not slaves to even a passage of scripture that is discriminatory, but holds love above all of that because they know that God is a God of love. I remember right at the beginning you said when we read scripture in that way, would Jesus be able to say amen to that? And I think Jesus would say amen to the of story of he, Ruth. Of course he'd have to say amen to the story of Ruth in that way because he, he's the beneficiary of it. He's, he's the long line that follows from that. So, so Jesus has Moabite blood in his veins, and, uh, and that's exciting. So if, if there are any laws out there that prevent us from marrying that in any way restrict our love to, to whatever, uh, we need to say no in the name of Jesus. That love is far bigger than any of those laws. And certainly in, in South Africa, we had the Mixed Marriages Act that said white and black cannot marry each other. And, uh, and we need to say no, that was not right. And we praise God for those who did marry, who saw love. Would you like to respond to this? Send us a text on plus two seven seven eight two. Something that strikes me about all of these conversations that we've been having is the importance of what uh, the Methodist theologian Stanley Hauwas would call a virtue ethic. The fact that we have to decide and commit ourselves to the values that we believe to be true, values such as grace and inclusion and love, 
the recognition of the dignity of other persons because of God's claim upon them, which is equal to God's claim upon ourselves. And in some senses, not allow ourselves to be misshapen or, or you know, taken off that good path of God's kingdom by political or economic or social uh, ideas, identities that can so easily misshape us and who we are in relation to others. So I hope you found today's episode in the discussion of the book of Ruth interesting. It certainly was wonderful for me to listen to it again. And uh, as always, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Do drop us a note. Our contact details are in the show notes. And if you found the podcast useful, please share it with others. Thanks for listening.